Hey everyone, how's this volume? This good? Is this good? Yeah. <laughs> I'd just like to start by honouring the Ordways. Honouring the ministry, the ministering angels over this property, over this area, over Missouri, and over the United States. I'd like to honour Arun and Union Flow, and all his angels, and all those who minister and come with him. And I also know that uh, we're going to have Greg and Dwight minister this weekend, and that will bring something that only they can bring. So we honour them and their record and who they were before the foundation of the world. And we open our hearts to them as they build us into the fullness of the stature of Christ. You can stay seated if you want to. But before you is a curtain. It's the veil. A veil that was torn top to bottom. And that veil is the living body of the Lord Jesus Christ, torn for us, the only entrance to the Father, the only entrance into the glory. And we as a corporate body, as a group, as one, we step through that veil now onto the plane of heaven. And the voice says, Enemy, be silent and take those filthy rags off these people and give them a new jacket and a new crown. Lord, we take your record of everything you say over us, every spiritual blessing in heavenly places woven into this jacket, the name you call us, who we were to be before the foundation of the world. And we engage the treading for the blood foundation of the Lamb slain before the foundation of the world. A blood that speaks a higher word than Abel a higher word than earthly justice. The plan of the before the before, we engage that, which overrides all agreements, all vows, all contracts, all plans of men. And we engage it with the fullness of our being, body, soul, spirit, our DNA, our body, our blood, our mountain, our marrow, our memory, our frequency, our fragrance, our formula, our family line. We engage it in the complete being that we are and say this, the lamb slain before the foundation of the world. And we honour the word, the lamb, the word, Jesus Christ manifested on the earth slain in the body on the earth, bleeding on the earth, died and rose again in the earth. And we say this record of everything we are before the foundation of the world. 
we too, like Jesus, our older brother, bring it here from that place, incorruptible, untainted. And rise and be seated in you in the heavenly places forever, according to your goodwill and pleasure. Father, may heaven come to earth through us, your children, your body. Amen. Amen. Very good. I'm talking to the back screen. I feel like Joe Biden. <laughs> if you saw that. I'm not for or against any political party. It's just a, a comment on a moment. <laughs> That's all. That's all. So welcome, everyone. This is excellent to have you here. How's this sound? Is this okay? Okay? All right. Very good. Well, welcome. It's very good to have you here. Who here has not heard me speak before? In person? Or ever? Like on audio or anyone? One, two, three, four. Okay. Okay, that's good. That's good. So there's some assumed knowledge here. I assume you can understand Australian. That, that, that's assumed. Yep. If I speak too fast, or I speak another language than English, you just, just put your hand up and ask me to repeat it. Please do, because I want you to have understanding. Yep. And by understanding, the seed remains. And this is very important, because if the seed remains, a farmer goes to bed, he wakes up, it's grown, he doesn't know how. Yep. But with understanding, the seed remains. So just so you know, me, I speak for understanding, okay? That's, that's my model. It's not the model, it's not the best model, it's just how I speak, yeah. And I want people to understand. Sometimes Jesus spoke so people didn't understand on purpose. So I'm, I'm not saying it is the best way, the most Christ-like way, okay? But since you're here and you're after these things, Jesus spoke plainly to those who were, had good hearts and who were after the things, yeah. And for those who weren't, he hid things from, yeah. But you wouldn't be here if you were those people. Why would you be here? Very good. Jesus was not a Christian. We're made in his image. Christian is a name given to us by Satanists. The pagans named us Christians at Antioch. And it's not a bad name. I'm happy for people to see me and go, wow, Christ. That's good. It's my name. It's very good. I'm not, I don't have a problem with it. As far as the world looking at me. If that's their paradigm, fantastic. But it's not our paradigm. Jesus wasn't a Christian. There's no Christians in heaven. If you get to heaven in the most classical sense, you rock up, you say, hey, 
I was a great Christian. They'd be like, who cares? There's no record there. There's no currency for that term. Jesus was a son of God. You are a son of God. Christianity and everything that comes with it is BS. Bad scripture. A belief system. What is a good Christian changes from person to person, culture to culture, church to church. You can have black Christians, white Christians. You have black church, white church, Asian church. No such thing. There's no such thing. If you go to one church, there's, there's churches where if you go to Easter and Christmas and you baptize your kid and you christen them and then they go to the First Communion and... Confession, once a year, full marks. Full marks. You have executed Christianity perfectly. And you can go to God with boldness because you fulfilled all righteousness. And you will see God and you'll go to God because you went to communion and church and Easter and Christmas. Another church, six meetings a week. Prayer meeting, youth meeting, Bible study, home group, and church service. And the prayer meeting's warfare. That's the powerhouse of the church. And if you weren't at prayer meetings, well, where were you? And you're not going to a home group. Ah, oh, you're not in a home group. And you are not attaining to the level established by that church. And so when you go to God, you don't have confidence. Because you're only going to four services a week. Some other guy went to four services in a year and thinks he's doing well. It's made up. In some churches, if you're poor, you're doing well. If you're rich, in some churches, if you're prospering, you're doing well. If you're poor, in some churches, this is going to shock you. If you get a flag and you dance around with a flag, you're spiritual. And that person who loves expressing their relationship with God that way went to a church which was an academic teaching center. People would be like, what is wrong with that person? And that's your natural self. Sorry, tambourine lady, you're not welcome here. You're a little bit weird. And that person will just feel silly all the time. Because she's so happy, she wants to move for God. Yep. But the guy at the front teaching, everyone loves him. Or that guy at the front teaching, let's say that's his model, that's his who he is, let's say that two people don't know Christ, wife gets saved first, goes to the tambourine church, so he comes along, he gets saved, and everyone's ribbons and tambourines and someone's painting on there and he just doesn't get it. Poor Larry. He just doesn't get it. And he feels stupid his whole life. However, he went to the other church, he'd be their king. Christianity. Nonsense. You've got to leave it, throw it out. 
You're not a Christian. You are a son of God. When you accepted Christ, you didn't change belief systems. You went a non-Christian that became a Christian. You went a Buddhist that became a Christian. You went a, uh, a traditional Catholic that became born-again Christian. You didn't change belief systems. You changed species. You were a human. Now you're a son of God. What a son of God does is very different to what a human does. And very different to what a Christian does. Very different. Because Son of God is like their Father who sends rain on the good and the evil, the just and the unjust. And does not get involved with worldly affairs. You now attain the same resurrection life that Christ has. First Adam, living being. Second Adam, or last Adam, a life-giving spirit. You are a life-giving spirit. That's what you are. That's what you are. That's your nature. You're a life-giving spirit. And this is what you do. You didn't come to judge the world, but to save it, to reconcile it to a loving Father. Joy to the world. Good news to all men. Now, compare this to your Facebook feed. It wants your emotions. Get your emotions, get your energy. The risen Christ is not checking Facebook to find out what QAnon is up to. It's not. The risen Christ is not a Republican or a Democrat or an American or a Christian. I didn't say don't vote. I didn't say don't support someone who's going to bring righteousness to your nation. I'm saying what's your identity? Because you live out of that identity. And they want your soul. They get your soul. They get your words. And you're made in the image of God. And your words frame up reality. Because we know by faith that God framed up the world by his words. And you're made in his image. What you do, what he does, you do. If you learn something about God, who's your father, and you look exactly like him, you've learned something about you. Everything you learn about Yahweh, you've learned about yourself. Guess what? You are divinely patient. You bless a thousand generations. That's what you do. That's who you are. That's what you're made out of. The same incorruptible seed, the word which formed Jesus Christ Jesus of Nazareth who became Jesus Christ, our saviour the Messiah is the same incorruptible word seed that formed you the same two babies made from the same seed are twins twins. you're the same not as Jesus of Nazareth That Jesus, the risen Christ.
That's what you are. From the moment you believe, the moment you said yes, not when you repented, not when you stopped smoking, if you have, not when you stopped gambling, not when you forgave your mum, not when you started tithing on the gross, not when you went to prayer warfare, not when you stopped swearing, not when you started covering your shoulders in the worship team. None of these things. The moment you believed, you're born again. By believing, that's when you're born again. You became a new being, a life-giving spirit. The Sermon on the Mount is not a series of things to attain to. The Sermon on the Mount describes you. Because the Sermon on the Mount describes the kingdom which looks exactly like the Father. Forgiveness is your core nature. To lay your life down for someone else is your core nature. To plead on behalf of the guilty is your core nature. Now just think of your Facebook feed again. Are you pleading on behalf of the guilty? Or are you after justice? Yeah. Look at church Facebook feeds. Do you know Paul says in Ephesians 5, it is shameful to even mention what the evil do in secret. Think of your Facebook feed. Christians. You're not Christians. That's Christian Facebook feed. You're sons of God. All the stuff that's coming out now, how evil people are and all the things they're doing, guess what? Maybe they're all true. Maybe every single thing is true. Guess what? It's probably worse. So let's say all the stuff that's coming out, all the naughty stuff that's happening in Washington and these people and those people and, and people in Europe and all this stuff like that, and we're finding out you're reading about it, oh my goodness, they're so naughty. Let's say that's 1% of how evil it goes. What are you going to do? Go for 2%? Read some more, get 3%? What are you going to do? It's shameful to even mention what the evil do in secret. Be the light. Jesus commends the seven churches for not even knowing the so-called dark secrets of Satan. Don't even know about it. Be the light. Be the answer. But it gets you. I know. It gets me too. I read that and go, oh, those people. And what they're doing is bad. I don't want justice. I want to hurt them. That's me. But I'm not me. Christ would lay his life down for them. Because he did before the foundation of the world, fully knowing what they would do. That's you. When you accepted Christ, you were on the cross with him. You went down with him. And you rose with him. That's the mystery. That you were actually on the cross with him. In this life, in this realm. But were you in the lamb slain before the foundation of the world? Was, was this God's good pleasure? Before the foundation of the world. To make you holy and blameless in his sight forever. Everything Christ did 
he attributes to you. You did not, being in Christ on the cross, he did, you did not take on the sins of the world. He did. And the righteousness, the right standing before God, the pleasure before God that he achieved in that moment, he gives to you as a free gift. That's how happy God is to see you. The lamb slain before the foundation of the world, before things start, saying, I am going to lay a platform of my own personal sacrifice, of love, no matter how evil it gets, how bad it gets, I've relayed the foundation of love. I'm doing this, Father, so that you will have a family. He did that. That's righteous. That's pleasing to the Father. And he gives it to you as if you did it. He gives you his righteousness, his glory, the glory he had before the foundation of the world, he gives to you when you believed. This is who you are. And we're here <laughs> to bring kingdom of heaven to earth. It's good news. And it comes out of who you are. He has become for us wisdom that is our righteousness, our holiness, and our sanctification. Christ is your righteousness. His right standing is your right standing. Guess what? Today, you fulfilled the whole law. Well done. Before you got out, before you got out of bed, you fulfilled the whole law before God. He is delighted to see you. The whole law. By the word and by the heart. And you fought the Pharisees. And you resisted sin unto death, unto bleeding. And you healed the sick. That's what you've done. Imagine if today, on the way here, you got up this morning, you had a prophetic dream, you rang up your mum, who doesn't know Jesus, you tell her a prophetic dream. She knows God exists. She bursts out crying, gives her heart to God. And then her, then she tells all the siblings and they all come to God through that moment. And then you're driving to work. And then you see someone on the side of the road, you have a word of knowledge for them. You pull over, you say, hi, person in green jacket, God exists. I saw you this morning in the vision and God wants to know that he remembers the blue bicycle that was stolen as a childhood and he's real. Person breaks into tears, starts crying. Crowd gathers around, someone comes in a wheelchair, you say, stand up. They stand up. More people come. It's filmed. People led to Christ. You get to work. And by word of knowledge, you land a giant contract. And you come here, and worship starts. You'd be like, God, I'm here. <laughs> He's happy to see you, yeah? Look at your day. You'd be like, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> You'd be so happy. God would be so happy to see you. That's nonsense. It's nonsense. You got this morning, God gave you a dream, you forgot it. <laughs> so you had a cigarette. Forgot to call your mum. Got to work late, lost your job. 
came here, you'd be like, oh. I'll just stand at the back. If I do this, maybe Greg will pray for me. We made that up. That's religion of our own invention with the help of Satan. That's what it is. That's the knowledge of good and evil. Some person says, I've done good. Says, oh, I've done evil. None of that existed before the foundation of the world. You had the righteousness of Christ. When we stepped into heaven before, first thing, the enemy is silenced. So all the stupid stuff you've done doesn't exist there. And then... This is from Zechariah 3. So what we did, we stepped in, like the high priest in Zechariah 3. When he steps in, the enemy is silenced. So any naughty stuff he's done, gone. He's wearing his Melchizedek order, ironic, but Melchizedek order robes, designed from heaven, looking pretty good. They help you go through the veil. They're pretty special. Okay, special britches on, pomegranates, designed from heaven made by master craftsmen and God says take those filthy rags off him the best of the best if you're going to have a like I led my mum to Christ so God's going to talk to me Christ is much greater than any of those things you let 10 people to Christ even the demons run away who cares name's the book of life you are a son of God and you're always righteous. He has made you holy and blameless in his sight forever in the beloved. This was his goodwill and good pleasure that he worked it out with wisdom and prudence before the foundation of the world that you would be holy and blameless in his sight forever so that you could reconcile heaven and earth together under Christ. That's it. That's what you're doing. You can never qualify yourself for that. So just stop it. Because if you think you have, then God resists the proud. And if you think you haven't, then you disqualify yourself. They're both judgments, earthly judgments of Christians, but not a son of God. A son of God is a son of God. You are holy and blameless in his sight forever. Done, the moment you believed. Done. Established forever. Maturity is not getting cool stuff. Maturity is not getting cars. Maturity is not getting a job. Maturity is a baby is born with 10 fingers, 10 toes, can hear, see, blah, blah, blah. It's perfect. It's a baby and it's growing up to learn how to use what it already has. Learning to be what you already are is maturity. Getting stuff is not maturity. Getting prophetic gift not maturity. Getting word of knowledge is not maturity. Getting your blessings not maturity. Becoming what you already are is maturity. A baby growing up to take responsibility for itself and others is maturity. And that's what we're doing. We're sons of God. Growing up to take responsibility for ourselves and others. To lay our life down for the guilty. As our Father would do. Because Jesus was the exact representation of the Father. Abraham pleads on behalf of Solomon and Gomorrah. If Solomon and Gomorrah get wiped out, it's good for him. But he pleads on behalf of the guilty. Moses 
God says to Moses, these sons of Abraham are so terrible, I'm wiping them out. I'm starting again with you. And you'll be the father of the faith. Everyone will be known as the children of Moses. And Moses says, no. I'd rather you remove me from the book of life and save them. He pleads on behalf of the guilty. Paul says the same thing in Romans. He says, I'd rather I was written in the book of life, if that be possible, that the Jews be saved. Not punished, not held accountable for their sins, saved. Enoch goes to heaven and pleads on behalf of the fallen angels, which God says no. Sailor. Jesus. As they're killing him and mocking him for killing him, says, forgive them, Father, they know not what they do. This is who you are. You are like your Father in heaven who sends rain on the good and the evil, the just and the unjust. That's who you are. You are a life-giving spirit. You're not a living being anymore. You've changed species. This is your nature to plead on behalf of the guilty. Even the ones that are killing you in the moment they are doing that. Because you were given a great gift You've been forgiven the big debt. That's our heart. For every person mentioned in your Facebook feed for the last six months, that is your heart for them. Would you lay your life down for Chuck Schumer, Nancy Pelosi, Mr. Fauci? Would you lay your life down for Mr. Epstein? Because Jesus did. And you are exactly like him. And any thought that you're not is a lie. That's nonsense. It's a lie. Because you will. That is your nature. It's in you. You're a perfect spirit man. And all we're doing is being changed by the renewing of our mind right now. God wants to give us God-like power. But he cannot because we as the church are tied to being Christians, whatever that means. And we're tied to the knowledge of good and evil so we can judge by it. They're evil, they're good. They're evil, they're good. But knowledge of good and evil. Wrong tree. <laughs> it's not a good tree. It brings death. What the church is doing now brings death. Can you imagine with this judgment and wrath that the church is currently involved in, if they had power? If it happened, literally, literally about five Democrats would die tonight. They would. 
wrath, anger, because they are like Cain. Cain wasn't like a evil guy planning evil things. Cain was made a great Christian. You'd probably be a great pastor. He knew what was right. He knew what was wrong. He was of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Of it. That's his seed line. He was great at religion. And Abel, by faith, God received his offering. And that made him murderously angry. Because he was very well behaved. He is the older son who was very well behaved. When his brother comes back, he says, this son of yours. He is angry. He's angry at the father. He's angry at the younger son. And he's been very well behaved. And that's why he is angry. He's furious. How angry? Murderously angry. Like Cain. If you operate with knowledge of good and evil, like the church is, murder built. Because you're not getting rewards for your good work. And the naughty people are having fun. And you're not having fun. That makes you angry. So angry, you want Jesus to come back and throw California in the ocean. It's almost like a chant going around the American church. In the sea, in the sea. Yeah, everyone's going, yeah, in the sea. Which way is it that way? In the sea. I cannot wait for California to get judged. Come on. Get those plastic surgery dudes in the sea. So angry. But Jesus lays his life down for those people. He says, forgive them, Lord. Another day. Please hold. And here we come to a very interesting point. So I've skipped straight into this because I know you guys have been on this journey for a while. So there's lots of foundation I haven't laid, but this is tracking, yeah? Is this good? Okay. So let's talk about, without judgment, but let's just be grown-ups and talk about the state of the prophetic movement in the West. Let's go back and look at all the 2020 vision prophecies. Everyone seen Oceans 12? Movie Oceans 12? That was a test. Christians don't watch movies. <laughs> Sons of God do. Another test. I love Oceans 12. Has a few faulty moments, but um, it's a good setup. Nothing to do with Catherine Zeta-Jones. Just a good setup. And at the start, the bad guys are going around collecting the 12. Yep. Doing visits. And um, one guy, he uses a, um, a fortune teller to know what the stock markets are doing and get his life top. So sitting there with a the fortune teller and the gypsies go, oh, I see this in the future, you know, this, this, and this, and this. And then two hitmen walk into that tent and grab him to take him away. He goes to the fortune teller, you couldn't see this? 
Like, the end of my life? Okay. It's a bit like that. It's the current prophetic movement. You couldn't see this? You couldn't see this? The whole world shut down by a virus. All the churches shut down. Massive compliance. Oh, that's over now. You couldn't see race rights in America. You couldn't see the National Guard being deployed. You couldn't see this. All the dates we set, we, the church, me and Cl- like, I didn't set dates, but this is, this is us. I'm not saying them, us. What's happening? <laughs> Coronavirus is gonna be, won't become a pandemic. <laughs> Coronavirus will be over by Easter. <laughs> Coronavirus will be over by this date. Won't say the date because you know who I'm talking about. <laughs> Coronavirus was over when the media decided to shift focus. <laughs> it's gone. Praise the Lord, it's a miracle. <laughs> Just disappeared. Who knew? that to solve the coronavirus, all we had to do was be consumed by hate and anger. We could have done that earlier. <laughs> Any person in this prophetic ministry, like, and they're up and they're setting dates, like, I want to say, that's brave and I honour that. I'm not setting dates. But God came to me, Chris, and said, Chris, on April 17th, a UFO is coming. I'd be like, well, good luck with that. I'm not putting that on Facebook. Yeah. But they do. Okay. Out there, walk with God. Right? Okay. They're seeing all these dates. So I respect that because everyone after 9 11 said, ah, oh, yes, I prophesied that, but God told me, but I didn't say it. You know, and then, so too late, bro. So these people putting dates out. So I respect the fact, the integrity of them putting dates out. Yep. Okay. But the best we've got, not just miss one major, oh, the whole world changed. (laughs) Then the whole country changed. We missed it completely. We have to look at this. If the prophetic is our highest model, we are in trouble. We are a sideline of a sideline of a circus. I'm not against these people at all. I'm saying, prophetic is just a jacket. We need sons of God. Very well-respected prophets who came to the restoration of the prophetic movement prophesied some things. Okay, And while they were alive, their prophecies were tracking one-to-one onto them. And then they left. Okay, And some of them said, these things will happen before I die. And they didn't. And after they left... Their prophecies have flown to the wayside. And I say this to honour them, and I mean that, because I'll see them one day. <laughs> Maybe tonight. <laughs> God pronounces, this is going to happen. One friend, one son says, God, Please, one more day, one more year, one more week. Bob Jones said 
these several things are going to happen. They were disastrous. Was he right? I believe so. I believe that the acts of men have an effect upon the planet. And he saw it accurately. And then he said, and these things will happen before I die. So, was he a false prophet? Was he making things up? Or did God say, Bob, if you come now, these prophecies will fall to the side. It will ruin your record. But you've said them in obedience. But the sons come to me and ask for five more years, for ten more years, for twenty more years. And I've said yes. Yeah. Twenty more years for California. I'm saying he was wrong. I'm saying the prophetic movement do not understand sonship. Because they're caught in a cause and effect tree of the knowledge of good and evil system. Okay. And please hear what I'm saying. I'm saying this for those who want to become sons of God, the ones who reign on the good and the evil. They are caught in the Trump is Cyrus psychic mentality. Is it correct? Maybe at one level, but not before the foundation of the world. It's us versus them. It's only us lay our lives down for them. That's all there is. We want justice, absolutely. But justice comes from the model of Christ for laying his life down first. When Jesus wants to judge, he can bring the hammer. I mean, he can do what he wants because before God he laid his life down. Yep. If Trump is your King Cyrus, okay, that means by your own confession, Israel was removed from the land because they were terribly well behaved, terribly behaved, did awful things, they were removed from their land. So you're saying the church is in exile for being naughty and a pagan king is bringing us back. And that's your model. And that's fine, but you'll live in the fruit of that model. And that model is not sending rain on the good and the evil, the just and the unjust. If Trump is your king Cyrus, you will not govern in the era to come. Because the ear that come looks like the father who lays down his life for the good and the evil, the just and the unjust. He walks the extra mile. He prays for those who persecutes him. He forgives those. He blesses those who curse him. That's what he does. Okay? I didn't say don't vote. I didn't say you can work for a political party. You can go and campaign for a political party. That's fine. Do whatever establishes righteousness in your life, in your country but where's your heart where's your hope king cyrus or king of kings there's king of kings the kings he's kings of are you king cyrus we need to become sons of god who save all of creation all of creation is yearning for the manifestation of the sons of God. So let's read that.
I'm actually a very happy person. I'm sorry if this doesn't sound so happy at the moment. But there's a battle on for your souls and the energy of your souls, your emotions and your words and your time and your resources. And it's right now. Like this preach I'm preaching now is probably six months too late. Yep. We're battling out a sinking boat in some ways. <laughs> All right, the, the horse is bolted. We're trying to get back in the store, store in the, what do you call it? Stable. Back in the stable. Stalls. Back in the stable. Romans 8. I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. For the creation waits in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. That's what's happening. Not elections, not riots, not Facebook, not exposing things. What's happening? Creation is waiting in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. That's the only game in town. For the creation was subjected to frustration, not by its own choice. What would you say that about creation? Not by its own choice. Because it has choice. It's conscience. It knows. And it's waiting. When you walk past, it knows the Son of God's walking past. It has a conscience. We can show it. We can get two ferns, put them next to each other, get 20 people to walk past, get the seventh person to rip that one fern to pieces. And then we can put um, uh, instruments that monitor the other fern and that fern's happy until that person who ripped the other fern apart walks past it and the needle shift is recognised the murderer. It's, has a, it has a conscience. It's conscious. All of creation is waiting in eager expectation of the children of God to be revealed. For the creation was subjected to frustration, not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it. Not the devil, Jesus, or the Father. Okay? It was a very beautiful, glorified thing. But if you saw a glorified horse, you would worship it. So a glorified cat, a glorified dragonfly, <laughs> okay? Glorified tree, you would be on your knees. Okay? It'd be amazing. So it's been reduced until we stand up. <laughs> this is a tree. That's not a tree. That's a tree subjected to frustration. <laughs> those trees out there, they're not trees. Those horses, they're not horses. They're horses subjected to frustration. Hmm. Yearning for us. They're not the stars. They're the stars subjected to frustration, yearning for the manifestation of the sons of God. Free yourself from this church nonsense. Become a son of God that sets creation free. This is the Bible I'm reading. For the creation was subjected to frustration, not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it, God, in hope that creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay. It's bound to the K. Those horses are dying. Sorry, horses. And brought into the freedom and the glory of who? Of the sons of God. 
those horses are the coming to the freedom and glory of the sons of God, of you. Not of Jesus, not of heaven, not of the Father, of you. It's waiting for the same glory you have. That's what it's waiting for. If you hook yourself in the knowledge of good and evil and all the nonsense that's going on, you can't help that horse. You win the argument, but you can't help that horse or that tree or those stars. And that's the only game in town for sons of God. To restore creation. And you are that being already. You're already it. You're just maturing into what you already are. All the DNA, all the resources, all the nature you need to change creation, you are already that being. And as you change your mind by the foolishness of preaching occurring right now, you become that being. If you lay your life down for it. Not if you judge it. Silly horse. But if you lay your life down for creation, you must free yourself from all that emotional garbage. That's why I went into it. Okay? Brought into freedom the glory of the sons of God. If you think that Jesus died for you and forgave your sins, you'll see him one day in heaven, that's the glory you give the horse. Hey, horse, sorry about your current state, but don't worry. One day, Jesus will fix it all up. He's coming back. He's going to throw California into the sea and fix you up. That's your hope. Your hope's, hope's rapture. That's your hope. That's your hope. If you are charismatic and you believe in revival, and that's your hope, not, not I believe in revival, I believe Jesus forgave my sins, but that's my high hope. Revival Heaven will come down. Then that's the hope I give that horse. Hey, horse, guess what? Watch the documentary in 98. There's this place in South America and they all prayed and they got three crops a year and all the watermelons are really big and all their, all their donkeys got better. <laughs> so if we here, this church here, we're going to have a, a thing called revival. It's a geographic thing. God's going to come down, fix this geographic area and you're going to be really good. If revival comes, and horse, here it is. If my people will call by my name, will humble themselves and pray. <laughs> That's the hope. That's your hope. That's the hope you give. But if you are already the very thing you're trying to achieve, what is your end goal? What's the highest, most glorious thing you could be? Like your Father in heaven? Bang. Got it. Give it to you as a gift. You've already achieved the highest standard possible. You've reached peak existence. It's there. You are it. All you're doing is manifesting on the earth. By the renewing of your mind. By believing. Only by believing. And that's what you can give. As every day you change. I have a friend that loved their little cottage. And loved the land. And held it in their heart. And thought fondly of it. As God would. As a father would. Love the land, thought fondly of it. Then, if you put a dead stick in the ground in this cottage, it would bud. It's in a northern European country, and the flowers last... Oh, like this. This is like northern, isn't it? Well, the flowers bloom for like eight months a year, which is impossible. And they grew facing the house. They had vegetables. If you pull them up, they had gold flakes. Not gold 
sparkles, gold flakes on them. You could shake off the gold flakes. Animals would come up, a deer, a male and female deer would come up and just stand at the gate and stare in. Redeeming the land. Redeeming the land. That's his one person. That's his one son. They gave the same redemption, the same glory that they had. For we know the whole creation has been groaning as in pains of childbirth right up to the present time. Not only so, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit grow imminently as we eagerly await for our adoption to sonship, the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope we were saved. What's the hope of Christianity? Go to heaven? Die and go to heaven? Is that your hope? Revival? Is that your hope? Have you ever heard this preach? When you came to Jesus, they say, come to Jesus for the redemption of your body. Come to Jesus so you can fix up and glorify all of creation. The wicked, the good, the evil, the ugly, everyone. Good, bad, the ugly, I'm trying to say. Everything. You can fix it all up. The redemption of your body is the hope to which you were called. That means spirit, which you've already got, to soul, happening now as we hear the word, the foolishness of preaching, the word goes out. Okay? And it hits your body. Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, ends of the earth. Holy of holies, inner court, outer court, outer case. On and on and on. All through scripture. You've already got it. You are that glorified being. You've attained the same resurrection life Christ has. He has given you the glory he had before the foundation of the world. Everything he is, you are. You're nothing and he's not. It was a free gift the moment you believed. Now God's saying, will you believe this? And as you believe it, it begins to manifest because it's already there. You cannot achieve it. How much fasting will you have to do to be a risen Christ on earth? Yeah. <laughs> How much Bible reading would you have to do? How much behavior would you have to change? You can't. You just have to accept it as a free gift. So that it hits your body, so you can change creation. The redemption of the body. All things reconciled under Christ, heaven and earth together, to become one. We're not going there. It's coming here. How? By us. We're the ones doing it. By us. We're bringing heaven and earth together. Will the Son of God find faith in the earth when he returns? What's it going to be like? Well, that's up to us. Who we forgive is forgiven. Who we don't forgive is not forgiven. It's up to us. It's up to us. And you're already the being that you need to be. You're already the life-giving spirit. You're the one that will lay out forgiveness for the guilty. You're already that being. God's saying, will you believe the good news? What's been done? A thing so crazy that if I told you, you wouldn't even believe it. That you and Christ are one being. You are the beloved Son in whom He's well pleased. You are the risen Christ. You are His body. And you're in this dispensation. You're bringing that forgiveness, that good news, that redemption to earth, to your body and the world. 
and just go accept forgiveness because who knows why you shouldn't get that? You do. Okay? That's a judgment. Get rid of it. God just chose. Okay, God, I have some good reasons why you wouldn't do this for me, but I submit that to you. You've chosen by your goodwill and good pleasure before the foundation of the world, according to wisdom and prudence, to your great delight, you have made me holy and blameless in your sight forever in the beloved to reveal your manifold love to the earth. And it's just, you've, you've really got it. You've hit peak existence. There's nothing more. That peak existence, we want it to manifest here. And we cannot use the knowledge of good and evil. We can't use church, as we understand it. We cannot use Christianity. We can't use judgment. We can't use all these things that the church is very much involved in now. Leave it all. Step away. Shake it off. And be a son of God. Don't be a Christian. It's too hard. Be Christ. You already are. How do you be Christ? It's very easy. You walk around and pretend you're God. That's how you learn to be like your dad. Dad, look, I'm washing the car. Oh, no. But he knows. You're going to do it poorly so you can do it well. That's okay. But if your heart is to lay down your life for the good and evil, then you can be trusted. And he wants you to have it. He delights to give you the kingdom. All right. Before he's a veil. The veil is the torn body of Jesus Christ. And we step through. And a voice says, enemy, be silenced. Accuser, be silenced. And take those filthy rags off them. Everything bad you've done is gone. Everything good you've done is gone. There's no currency here. Jesus we want to be exactly like you, a mature son of God, a beloved son of God, a beloved son of God, in whom we're well pleased. Listen to him. We want that authority. Let's understand the greatness of what you've given us as a free gift. And in our gratefulness, we've forgiven that big debt. Let us go and give freely as we've received. But we want justice on the earth. And we want children to be protected. We want good governance. And we want justice for the poor. We want the end of oppression. We want to do it by changing all of creation. And removing death and sin and hell from the earth. Teach us to be sons of God. Everything we're asking you to do, God, teach us so that we can do it and establish righteousness upon the earth, justice and mercy. We shake off everything, all that nonsense, all that years, all that Facebook emotional trading, just a trading floor, we get rid of it, just gone, it's gone already, just gone. Lord, remove it from our emotions. It's like an addiction, Lord, it gets in, Lord, just remove it from us. We become sons of God who sends rain on the good and evil like our Father, like you, Father. And as mentioned earlier, Lord, assign us the cloud of witnesses and the seven spirits to teach us to be this thing that we already are. Bring us to maturity. This thing that we already are. Bring us into maturity. 
that kindness and grace and mercy and joy and peace and kindness and patience and understanding and long-suffering can all uh, be expressed as fruit on the earth, a city on a hill, a light. That all things may be reconciled under Christ, heaven and earth, together as one, as your great desire. And we say yes to this. Lord, anything here has been heavy, we shake it off too. It means to be heavy. It's a joy, it's a light, and we're so happy. Lord, give us dreams, give us visions, give us encounters, speak to us in a small, still voice. Let's have a knowing, reawaken old scriptures. We'll release everything behind. Every church, every pastor, everything which release it to you. And we say, Lord, as you've given us revelation, may they also walk in revelation. A free gift. And this is your good and pleasing will since before the foundation. That you would have children adopted freely into your family. who become like you. And to that we say yes and amen. 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 All right. <laughs> so that was a pretty little, little bit intense. I'm not normally that intense. But um, I did want to just clear the decks so we could just get on with, with being sons. Yep. And what it allows is for Arun and myself and Greg and Dwight just to step in. We can just go on. Yep. You have to qualify yourself. Arun's going to talk about some things and uh, encounters and, and, and maybe take us in some exercises. And guess what? You're qualified. You're the righteous of Christ. It's your house. It's your home. You can just go. You've never done it before. You can go. If you haven't forgiven your mum, you can just go. Yeah? You're the righteous of Christ forever. Forever, ever, ever. Yeah, and we can just go in. And tonight, you can just go see a God or however that works for you. Imagine it, believe it, receive it. Experience it. Whatever you do is yours. It's qualified. That's what he wants. This is his great will and pleasure. That you be sons of God, righteous and holy and blameless in his sight forever. That's Ephesians 1. Holy and blameless in his sight forever. This is his good will and pleasure. And it's been done. So we're just going to step into that. Yep. Okay. Very good.